Come on and give Jesus a shout of praise in here. He's worthy of the praise and he deserves the praise. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive your love. We thank you for the privilege that you give us to worship you. Lord, we give this day to you. We give these moments to you. We ask you to open our eyes that we would see, open our ears that we would hear, open our hearts that we would receive from you. And we just are so grateful for you for loving us, for caring for us, for sending your son to die for us, Lord, that we might have a right to the tree of life. Lord, thank you for the victory. Thank you for freedom this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone that agrees with that, shout amen. Shout amen. Shout amen. High five somebody. Tell them you're glad that they're here. We'll celebrate Jesus today. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, I could have just stayed in that place of, of worship and praise all day, but God is so good, um, and we're so grateful for you to be here at Life City Church today, um, believing God to do amazing things in our lives. Um, just a few quick things before we get into the Word. Next Steps 2 uh, will be taking place right after service, probably about um, ten, 10 minutes or so after service in Houston Hall, has already been said, which is right across the hallway. Um, we'll continue talking about the vision and how you can be a part of Life City Church. And then also, um, small groups, uh, well, city groups will be kicking off uh, today. And also, also excited about this, next Sunday, next Sunday, uh, we'll be having baptism right here. Um, so if you have not been baptized, you know somebody who needs to be baptized, who hasn't taken that step um, uh, with the Lord yet, we'll be doing baptisms as well next Sunday um, during our service. So we've been in this series uh, called Life Upgrade, which is really all about uh, breaking free from the things that have held us in the past and moving forward um, in our lives with the Lord. And so the title of this message today is Moving Forward, just simple, simply moving forward. And I began to, to think about this, this message and what God would have me to share with the people who would be here today, what would be most important and most helpful that would help us to move and progress into the things that God has for us. And sometimes it's just, I, I don't know if you felt like that um, in your past, but for me, sometimes I've just felt stuck. It's not that I wasn't going backward. Um, it wasn't that I was going forward. I was just stuck in the same place and couldn't really get free um, to the things that I believed that God had for me inside, uh, knowing that there was more, that, that there was something inside that was calling out that was more for me, but I was just stuck uh, right in this place. And so I want to leave, if I leave anything with us today, I want us to, to leave with this thought that no matter what, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward in my life. And these are not in the notes, but these are just things that God has been dealing with me about. There's a scripture that talks about if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away, and, and behold, all things have become new. And, and I thought about that. Part of that scripture is that any man, if anybody is in Christ. So the promises of God are not exclusive. They're not based upon how you grew up. They're not based upon your family upbringing. They're not based upon your socioeconomic status. Uh, God is willing to do what he promised in anybody's life if they're willing to receive it by faith. Can we say amen? And so there's some things, and I want you to be encouraged, that, that he wants to make new 
in your life. But many, for, at least for me, many of us, the biggest hindrance is in our mind. And I talked about it last week. The biggest hindrance that we have to moving forward, it, it, it happens in this battle of the mind. And so we know that God wants us to move forward, and we know that God wants us to get past some things in our life, but there's this, this ugly word called procrastination that ends up keeping us stuck. It's not that God hasn't whispered to us or dealt with us about what we need to do, but it's our willingness to say, I- I'll do it when, or I'll get around to it. I'm just not ready to do it yet. John Maxwell said something that I thought was really interesting. He said, procrastination is too high, high of a price to pay for fear of failure. To conquer fear, you have to feel the fear and take action anyway. You ever felt like that? Forget motivation. Just do it. Act your way into feeling, not wait for positive emotions to carry you forward. You ever, you ever had this thing where I was just so motivated, I'm so uh, pumped up and fired up to do things in my life? You ever felt like that? And then there's other times where it's like, I know I need to do it, but uh, I'm just not going to do that right now, or I'm tired. Or, you, you know what? If, if, if we want an excuse, we can always find one. Procrastination is our enemy because it causes us to put off doing necessary things that God uh, would have us to do to move forward. And, and certainly procrastination fits into trying to deal with the past. And we worry about all kinds of things cause us to procrastinate. This fear of failure, this fear that I may not get it all right, or I may make a mistake, but sometimes you have to feel all of that. Everybody with me? You have to feel all of that and move forward anyway. And so John Maxwell also say, he said, life is, is, is sometimes playing a poor hand well. The greatest battle you wage against failure occurs inside. It's not outside. So here's what he's, he's actually saying. is like some of us didn't grow up having everything go in our favor. You know, I, I'm a project kid. I grew up in the projects. I didn't have things that most people uh, would have. And sometimes we look and we begin to make comparisons to how other people grew up and the advantages that they had and their family situations and their relational situations. All of those seem to be smooth and, and go well and everything seemed to be going well for them. But why did I get this hand that quite frankly stinks? <laughs> you ever felt like that? That every, everything that um, has come my way, everything that's happened in my life, I never get the opportunities, I never get the chances, all of that, they seem to always go to somebody else. But the reality is, is that what we have even, even if we don't see the blessing in it, what we have, God gave us. And what we have to do is begin to look at what we have and do the best and make the best of what has been given to us. But here's, here's the hindrance. It, it begins with our thought life. And here's what Paul said in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verses 14 to 16. He said, obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they call their own. If they had longed for, and here's where I want to pause, if they had longed for the country they came from, their past, if they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place. Say, say something better. Say it like you mean it, something better. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he is prepared a city for them. Moving forward requires for me to believe that where God is taking me, listen to this, is better than where I've been. 
I want that to sink in for a minute. If I'm going to move forward in my life, if I'm going to get past the past, so to speak, I have to believe that where God is moving me, where he's pulling me, sometimes where he's pushing me, because honestly, some of us, we leave our past kicking and screaming, even if we didn't like it. But I have to believe that what he's placed in front of me and what he has, has in store for me is better than where I've been. And, and if you miss what he's saying in Hebrews, he said, if they had been mindful or if they had been longing for the place that they came from, then they would have had an opportunity to go back. So what happens? I go back first in my mind before I go back naturally. You ever, you ever rehearsed the past in your mind over and over again? And be honest. I, I know I have. You, you know, we, re- we rehearse the past and sometimes we remember it better than the way it actually was. Oh, let me, let me get personal with you. Some of y'all remember those ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends and think that relationship was a whole lot better than it actually was. Yeah, there's one honest person in the room. <laughs> I'm teasing you, I'm teasing you. But in all honesty, we have to begin to, to take authority in our thought life because that's what provides the opportunity for us to go back to a place that maybe we shouldn't go. Here's the principle. The direction of my thoughts will determine the direction of my life. This is not some self-help, you know, talk here. This is a biblical principle, and this is why it's so important for us to win the battle in our mind, because you will talk, sometimes if your thought life is right, you will talk yourself into what God has for you. But the opposite is also true, that if, if, if we're constantly dominated by these thoughts of the past, by these mistakes of the past, by these failures of the past, then we'll just be stuck there. And when God provides an open door or an opportunity for us to move forward, we just stay where we are. Remember, I talked in the beginning about being stuck. And, and the frustrating thing is with this, and here's a tricky thing, is sometimes going backwards feels better than being stuck where you are. And so that's why we've got to win this thought, this battle in our thought life, in our mind, and say, I know that God has something for me. I know that God has something better for me and purpose upon my life, and I've got to be willing to press through my present situation. Anybody have some present situations right now? Some battles you're facing, some things you believe in God for, some struggles that you want to get the victory over, present situations. But I've got to believe with all my heart, that what God has in front of me is better. It's better than where I am now. And, 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 and the frustrating part is, is sometimes you, you go to bed and say, I know tomorrow's going to be better. And then you wake up and you, face, you feel like you're facing the same battles, same battles in your mind, same attacks. And you're sitting there and saying, God, if, if you're God and if I, I, with all my heart I love you, why am I still battling this? Can we be honest in here this morning? Because some of us love God, but we have questions. You ever had questions in your prayer life? God, God, you know what? Why is this going this way? Why does it always go this way? Why does the story always go this way? Why does the story always end this way? And the reality is, as I said last week, many times God is building something in you because he wants to do something through you. And so the direction of our life will follow the direction of our thoughts. Uh, Romans chapter 12 Verse 2 says this, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. 
I make a note of this because actually we, we, we overlook how important it is when God deals with our thought life. Because the scripture tells us that, to, that we have to allow God to transform us, what? Into a new person. And then it tells us how he does it. He says, by changing what? The way that you think. So we can't downplay the importance of, of how our mind affects the direction of our life. And then we go on and it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Now, here's the encouragement that I have to give you. I get excited when I say this and I read this scripture because that means that God has a will for every one of you. He has a will for every one of us. And here's the thing, you, you, because what you say is this, sometimes we, we self-talk and say, well, my lot in life is to just always be like this. And it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better. But when I look at this scripture, it says that God has a will for you and that that will is first good. So he has a good will for you. Then he has a pleasing and a perfect will for you as well. So God desires to do good things in your life. He does not desire for anyone within the sound of my voice to be stuck where they are. You have to believe that. Say with me something better. Uh, say it like you mean it. Something better. See, you get, you, I'm trying to teach us how to deal with the battles that we face on a regular basis because we'll walk out of here and you know what? Life still happens. And you've got to know that God has something that, that's in store for me that, that's going to take me to the place that he has for me to be. If I'm always focused on what was, it'll be difficult to focus on what is and what will be. I want you to think about that for a second. Because our human mindset that constantly wants to go back to what was. It messes up our present. And I need us, and I hope you understand the heart with what I'm trying to communicate and pour this into everybody today. You know, when you are so focused on how bad they hurt you, this is, this is real because we've all been hurt. We've all been wounded. When you focus on the fact that they did you wrong and they lied to you, it didn't work out, uh, it repeatedly didn't work out over and over again, you begin to treat your present and your future based on who was in your past. It's quiet in here. But that's what happens. And so you end up punishing the people in your present because of, of something they had nothing to do with. And that's why we have to, and, and what happens is, it, it, the short word for it is called offense. Offense means that I've been bruised or wounded, and a stumbling block has been paced in my way. And so what happens is all these things in the past begin to build a wall around us. You ever put up a wall? I'm not letting anybody hurt me again. That will be the last time if someone ever treats me like that again. I'll never put myself in a position like that. Walls. And so what happens when you put that wall up is you do keep bad things out. You with me? You keep bad things out, but the challenge is you also keep blessings out. And so many times to open up to the blessings that God has for our life, we have to have the faith and the willingness to be vulnerable. I want that to sink in for a minute. Just because they hurt you doesn't mean everybody's going to hurt you. 
Just because they lied to you doesn't mean everybody's going to lie to you. Just because they bruised, to, bruised you doesn't mean everybody's going to bruise you. But it's desire, it, it, it's that, that inward faith that wakes up every morning and says, today is going to be better than yesterday. And my future in God is going to be better than where I've been. It reminds me to, that, that I've got to not only forgive others, but I've got to forgive me. You ever made mistakes in your life? You ever made big mistakes in your life? Some things that, that you wish you could take back? Some, some words that you wish you could take back? And so you sit there sometimes and you're like, I said this last week, it's so easy sometimes to forgive others, but it's hard to forgive ourselves. And we've got to say, God, I, I know I messed up. I'm an open book. I'm transparent. I haven't gotten it all right, but wash me from this so I can move forward with my life. It's all about moving forward. So, uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she says this, she says, you cannot sit back and wait to be healthy and happy and have a great thought life. You have to make the choice to make this happen. You have to choose to get rid of the toxic, toxic and get back in alignment with God. You can be overwhelmed by a very, every small setback or you can be energized by the possibilities they bring. So here's what happens is, like I said, we, we, we're all motivated and we're all uh, hyped up to move forward. And then somebody says something to us. Something happens to us. Something We, we hit uh, a pothole or a stumbling block along the way. And, and we want to throw our hands up and give up and say things will never change. But we have to accept responsibility to take God's word and put it on the inside of us and say, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Or whatever it is that we're dealing with from our past, we've got to begin to say that scripture that I said at the beginning, you know what, I'm in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. Because you know that old saying that you can't control the birds flying over your head, but you can control them building a nest? What that means is that the enemy is always going to be trying to lie to you. And here's what I tell people all the time. I said, the enemy's kind of like this. And this is probably a silly illustration, but I think you'll get the point. Any, any, anybody eat Skittles or have eaten Skittles before, seen a Skittle or M&M? Okay, so here's what happens. Is the, the Skittle's about this big. And so when the enemy comes into your life, what he does is he tells you that the Skittle is a foot long. <laughs> now, you don't know that that Skittle is not a foot long unless you have a ruler, <laughs> And our ruler as believers is the word of God. And so when the enemy comes and he lies to you, you got to take that word and say, look, devil, this skittle is not one foot long. And as silly as it sounds, you have to do the same thing with these thoughts and these things that he drops in your mind is, is compare them to the word of God. It's never going to be different. I'm never going to get out of this. you got to be able to say even as simple as Psalm 23, no, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. It's great. You've got, you got to be able to do this because if not, we'll begin to constantly believe the lies of the enemy. So here's what God does. God changes me by changing the way I think. He changes me by changing the way I think. A change in my direction will always begin with a change in my decisions. I cannot do my job as a pastor if I don't emphasize this point. To us sitting here today. Change does not happen because we sit there and wait for it to happen. Change in our direction, in our life, will change when our decisions change. 
Let's read this scripture. It says, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 3 through 5, we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So here's the thing is, is as I've been sharing this whole message, the battlefield that we wage is in our minds. And so what happens is, is there's this thing called human reasoning, human thoughts, whatever you want to call it. And we begin to live by faith. We begin to believe God to do miraculous things in our life. We believe that we're going forward. And then all of a sudden our reasoning starts to get in there. And we begin to start to analyze, well, God, I know you're going to do it, but now in my human reasoning, I've got to figure out how you're going to do it. I've got so many bruises from my past, I've got to figure out how I'm going to get through and get to the future. And the bottom line is none of that will work. We have to tear down that human reasoning and begin to walk by faith. Philippians 2 uh, Philippians 3, 2 to 3, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ, and have no confidence in the flesh. That last part is the part that I want to focus on. As uh, this spiritual life with God, our confidence can't be in us. It can't be in our ability to do anything, because the reality is, is this life is a spiritual life. I know they don't talk like this in church anymore. But this life that we live with God is a spiritual life first. We often try to live this spiritual life with dependence on our flesh. And that's where we end up frustrated because when the numbers don't make sense, it's hard for us to live by faith. Come on. You ever been there where your numbers didn't make sense? Where, where you know, I know what's over here, but it's not lining up over here. And God says, no, I need you to trust me. I need you to walk by faith. But our human reasoning um, and our dependence on the flesh begins to mess us up. First uh, Corinthians 2, this is lengthy, but I think it's important for us to read it and understand it as we, we uh, go forward. But it was to us that God revealed these things. By his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thought except God's own spirit. Here's the beautiful part. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things given to us by God. So he's given us his spirit so we can know what we have as believers. How many of you know you have stuff? Quiet in here. You know you got some things from God? You have to believe that you have some things from God. And the only way you know that is the spirit that he's placed inside of you. And so it says, when we tell you these things, we don't use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit, using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths. That's why we can't live with dependence on the flesh. You have to live with dependence on the spirit. Here's why, because when I'm up here or somebody's up here sharing what God has given you in the spirit, here's what happens. It sounds like foolishness. You, you, you don't know what I've been through, Pastor. How are you going to tell me that if I trust God, I'm going to get over all of that? By faith. You see, as a pastor, my faith in God tells me you may not get past it right now, but if you keep walking, you'll get past it. 
You see, walking by faith is simply doing this, that in the midst of adversity, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of everything you're going in your life, sometimes it's just that I keep going. It's not that I've got it all figured out, but I've got the faith to keep on going. Say, keep on going. We must be willing to humble ourselves to get into a position to receive. And sometimes the humility is saying, God, all right, I can't do this on my own. I can't fix this on my own. The relationship's not going to be right on my own. The job's not going to be right on my own. I'm not going to fulfill your purpose for my life to reach others for, for you on my own. I've got to humble myself so you can pour in me and download in me everything I need to be, everything that you've called me to be. When we depend on human wisdom, I'd write this down. When we depend on human wisdom, we can only go as far as human wisdom will take us. So human wisdom has limitations. Now, I'm bringing this to, to a close here soon. But human wisdom has limitations. So you can trust all you can do in the flesh as much as you want, and you might even be successful, but there's a stopping point. But when you lean and depend on God's spirit, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all any of us could ask, think, or imagine. See, your faith and walking by the spirit puts you outside this box of limitation that you put yourself in. Philippians 3, 4 through 6. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. And I'm not going to read all of that one. It's long. But here's the bottom line. is Paul is going through this list of accomplishments and reasons why he should trust himself. He's going through all of this. And here's the thought. Just because we could have confidence in it doesn't mean that we should have confidence in it. I want to drive that home because, honestly, everybody in here has stuff that you're good at. Here's the, the other part of it. Everybody has stuff that you're really good at. And if you're not careful, being good at these things will make you overconfident in a place you don't need to be. And your confidence and your ability will keep you from trusting God. And so... I want to hammer that home again. Just because we could have confidence in it doesn't mean that we should have confidence in it. Verses 7 through 9, and this is where we'll park and, and kind of bring it to a close. It says, but what things were gained to me? These things I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I count all of the loss, all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, that the righteousness which is, is from God by faith. Moving forward in life requires us to place what we've gained and what we've lost in proper perspective. Can I say it to you like your friend? If God allowed you to lose it, you didn't need it. I don't, I don't know about you, but I know that I have been through some, some pains in my life that I couldn't even explain why. If I were to give you my testimony about certain things and certain things that I've been through and experienced by people that I thought I could trust, 
you'd say, why in the world would you decide that you want to be a pastor? <laughs> but here's the reality. If they needed, and this, may, this is for somebody, if they needed to be a part of your life right now, God would have them there. But if he allowed you to lose it, they are not necessary to your destiny. And so God said, you know what, I, I had to allow them to go. I had to allow them to, to, to be stubborn. I had to allow them to go their own way because I needed you to understand that you didn't need them to accomplish what I had for you. Are you with me? We have to properly evaluate both success and failure. You've heard me say it, failure is not a person, it's an event. It happens and you move on. But you have to properly evaluate the things that you've been through in this life and say, okay, Lord, I lost, I feel like I lost the people in my life. I lost my financial status. I lost my home. I lost my car. I lost my job. You know what? All of these things don't matter. You say, in the midst of losing all that, I also lost my, my identity. I lost my confidence. I lost my self-esteem. Everything that, that the Holy Spirit living inside of me that makes me strong. I feel, I feel like I've lost it and I, I don't know how to get it back. I've made mistakes and they've been costly, Pastor. You, you, you don't understand. You, you, you talk about this forgiveness. You talk about being able to move forward. You talk about all that Christ's done for you. But there's some things, Pastor, that I've done that you don't know about. There's some things, Pastor, that I'll never tell anybody I'm going to take them to the grave. Take them. Don't tell anybody but Jesus. But let me tell you this. The biggest mistake, hear me, hear me, hear me. This is for somebody. The biggest mistake we can make in life is believing that one mistake must ruin or rule our life. And some of you, you made mistakes years ago that God already forgot about that, but they're dominating your life right now. You won't move forward. You won't walk by faith. You won't do what God tells you to do because you're rehearsing this mistake over and over again. The word for you is it's time for you to move forward. October 14, 2018, the day that you move forward, the day that you get over yourself and say God is bigger than it all. No mistake has to rule your life because in Christ there's freedom. It's, let me talk to you as you bow your head and I, I'm going to finish this but I want you to just bow your head and focus on this I'm, I'm going to read a few more scriptures but I just feel just impressed to have you to just to listen and not so much focus on what's in, on the screen at this point but this is what Paul said Paul, Paul by every standard was a terrorist in his time and he was doing everything he can, every, everything that he knew his way. And he thought it was right. But when he met Jesus, he realized that his way wasn't the right way to go. And this is what he says. And he's right, he writes this Philippians. He writes it from prison. He's in prison for God. And he says in verse 10 that I may know him 
the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Knowing Christ is like a master key. And I want you to imagine this in your mind as I talk about it. When I was um, employed by the school system, I started out as a teacher. I had a key to my classroom. So when I showed up, that key got me into one room. But then I moved up, became a dean and assistant principal, and they gave me a master key. And that key opened up every door. And the reason I'm giving you this illustration is that in the spirits, you don't have to walk around with a bunch of keys. <laughs> you just need one, and that key is knowing Jesus. It's the master key to everything else. And Paul wasn't arrogant, so he said, not that I had already attained this or already be made perfect. He said, but I press. I press on that I may lay hold for that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Moving forward requires persistence, and persistence leads to progress. I want everybody leaving this day with a decision to persist, a decision to stay the course, a decision to move forward. Maya Angelou said, courage is not the most important of all the virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue. Persistence, courage to move forward, courage to fight with Christ another day. And here's where Paul ends this. He says, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ. And so there's many today, there's people in here today, and God is dealing with you. He's been dealing with you throughout this series that you need to let go of some things. If you're here, and no one's going to embarrass you or anything, but if you'd be honest with every head bowed, nobody looking around, nobody desires to embarrass anybody, and you say, Pastor, there is just some stuff that I need to forget so I can move forward. I want to pray for you today. And just slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. And I want to agree with you. Amen. Prayer. God bless you. And then there's a second group of people. You may have never made the decision to follow Jesus. You know, you said, I, I, I got I to gotta clean myself up, get my life right. I've got to get all these things figured out, fixed first, and then I'll follow Jesus. That, you know what? If you just decide to follow him, he'll show you what to do. You know, if that's you and you just need to make a decision to follow Jesus today and just go all the way, maybe you're hearing like, I haven't really been all in, but I'm going to be all in and I'm going to trust him to teach me. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I'm going to agree with you and pray with you. Amen, amen, amen. So let's all pray together. Father, repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your son dying for me. Thank you that he rose three days later 
Lord, forgive me for everything that I've done that hasn't pleased you. Lord, sit on the throne of my life and be Lord. Teach me, lead me, guide me, direct me, help me in Jesus' name. Help me forget. Help me move forward. Help me to be everything that you've created me to be. In Jesus' name, can we all celebrate Jesus today? Amen, amen, amen. God is so good. Um, we're so grateful for those who made a decision to follow Jesus and those who are making and taking those steps to move forward in their life for God and get over the past. Um, we'll be continuing to pray with you. Um, we have our prayer warriors up here. If you're just, You may just be here and you may just desire someone to just agree with you in prayer or something. They're filled with faith, ready to, to serve you in that way and agree with you for whatever it is that you need God to do or desire for him to do in your life. And I would just challenge you to, to sometimes you just need to connect your faith with somebody else's faith. So before you leave, I would challenge you to just come up here and, and let them pray with you and watch God begin to work miracles in your, in your week. If you came here also and you, you came prepared to give, well, there's several ways that you can give. You can give online at www.lifecityjacks.com slash give. You can text to give, and that's on the slide, or you can give at the giving kiosk. Um, that's outside if you, you came prepared to do that. Um, I want to remind you that Next Steps 2 is starting about 10 minutes um, across the hall um, in Houston Hall. And also, don't forget baptisms. I'm so excited about baptisms next, next Sunday. Um, if you need to be baptized, if you know somebody who needs to be baptized, it's just, it, it'll change your life to see people take the step of obedience with that way, just that public declaration um, through baptism. So let's stand and pray. Um, and we're so grateful for those who have been here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for your word. We trust that you're beginning to build something in our life that can't be shaken. Lord, I pray for everyone who came in here, Lord, with open hearts, open minds to receive from you that the word would be seed planted in good ground that begins to affect their destiny. It begins to affect the destiny of their families, their homes, their friends, their relationships, their jobs. Lord, bring freedom where there needs to be freedom. Bring healing where there needs to be, feel, uh, be healing. Bring deliverance where there needs to bring deliverance. And as they leave this place, let them leave encouraged, blessed fired up to be everything that you have created and called them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Make sure you greet someone and high-five someone on the way out. And if you're going to next steps, I'll be joining you over there in just a few minutes. Don't forget, if you need prayer, we have prayer warriors up here as well.